It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. I'm your host, Mary Fanning. Tonight, we'll continue with the clues story, the clues to what is taking place in this country. In fact, we heard, I can't believe we pulled it off. Some of you here tonight or watching at home, you were there with us in 2004, in 2008, 2012. Maybe you still can't believe we pulled this whole thing off. Let me tell you, you're not the only ones. And tonight with me is my guest, investigative journalist, Alan Jones, to continue the discussion on the clues to Obama's mysterious ID. Welcome, Alan. Thank you, Mary. So we left off last week with part one. And what we were talking about were the FBI files and the clues that unlocked Obama's ID mystery. This was the FBI Soviet spy files, which spoke to the Sabud cult and a dead body. We spoke about the Cessna and the blue waters of the Pacific Ocean, an Islamic cult, a Chicago family, and a Soviet spy ring, and what they all had in common with a sitting, at that time, U.S. president. So we had our listening audience strap themselves in for a very unsettling espionage action thriller that sounded a bit like a Tom Clancy, God bless his soul that he's passed on, one of his spy novels. But this cloak and dagger expose was nonfiction. It was political nonfiction. We spoke to the perplexing sequence of events that began as that Cessna was carrying nine people that inexplicably descended into the Pacific Ocean off the coast of a Hawaiian island with passengers wearing a lavender sweater who appeared calm on the final seconds of that flight. The plane entered the water. Some later speculated that it was a controlled water landing made to look like an accident. The passengers and the pilot patiently exited the plane the cabin flooding. So again, a controlled water landing. Others had reported that there was no fuel in the plane. That made that controlled water landing rather safe, didn't it, Alan? Absolutely. Fuel exhaustion right before they ditched into the water after takeoff. And the NTSB safety board report? That took a long time. And what's really interesting was that the crash scene was actually disturbed by divers that went down there before the NTSB got the wreckage up for their investigation. That's a very unusual situation. So two years later, there was still no NTSB report. And then, of course, they settled with the deceased's family. Now, the deceased uh, person had two names, 
Two different birthdays, more mystery. The deceased was none other than a woman called Loretta Fuddy. Who was Loretta Fuddy, Alan? Loretta Fuddy was the Hawaii Director of Health, and she was notably the first Hawaii Director of Health who was not a physician. She did not have a medical degree. And, and what was she being called to testify about in a court case? Well, she actually released a copy of Barack Obama's long-form certificate of live birth, and that was delivered by an attorney for a law firm called Perkins Coie out of Seattle. Uh, listeners may have run across that name before, and that was delivered to the White House. That's correct. And Perkins Coie was the same firm that uh, Michael Sussman was involved with that was involved also in the Russia collusion hoax, correct? Yes. Perkins Coie was also uh, the law firm that was retained by the DNC as well as the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign in 2016. And it was also as they burned down uh, a city in Washington, the state of Washington, correct? Perkins Coie represented uh, Black Lives Matter in Seattle. That's right, Seattle, Washington. And that goes to Perkins Coie, and who was the attorney from there? Well, one of the attorneys, one of the partners actually, was Anita Dunn's husband, Bob Bauer, who was a White House attorney for Barack Obama. And Bob Bauer and Anita Dunn. Anita Dunn then moved also into the Biden White House, as well as she had been in the Obama White House. And Anita Dunn, now while the rest of her family does not have the, the name Dunn, she became interesting. So not only was she working uh, for the Obama White House, but now the Biden White House as well, but also because of her odd statements when she came forward and said that her most admired philosopher was none other than Mao. And so Mao, who killed 100 million of his own people in China, uh, in his little red book, that's who she found to be her favorite philosopher. That was That is Bob Bauer's wife, correct? Out of Perkins Coie. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, how does someone who's most admired political philosopher, Mao, the communist mass killer behind the Cultural Revolution, end up working in the White House for <laughs> Biden and get a complete free pass from the media? Yes, the corrupt mainstream media that's living under the, um, the, the 2012 modernization of the Smith-Munt Act where they can use propaganda on the American people. Now, Anita Dunn became particularly interesting as she was addressing her remarks about her most, her favorite philosopher, Mao, uh, who killed 100 million of his own people. She had the temerity, the audacity, the, the lack of sensitivity to say this to a group of students, didn't she? And that became particularly uh, rich when she's telling students that her favorite philosopher was Mao, when in fact he had buried alive 67,000 students in China, correct? Yes. Well, this goes along with the communist strategy of indoctrination, which not only extends to university students as these left-wing sociologists, professors indoctrinate them in Marxism at the universities, but then it gets into the secondary schools through the teachers' unions. And then it even goes to the pre-kindergarten level 
which is what guys like Bill Ayers, who was a student of early childhood education, that's what early childhood education is about with these communists. It's about indoctrinating them in communism from the moment that they can walk. And grooming them. And interestingly, Bill Ayers, Weatherman, just a man in my community, it was the very living room where Barack Obama launched his presidential campaign, correct? Yes. Now, Barack Obama has tried to distance himself from Bill Ayers, but there's a lot of research that contradicts that version of history. And as we all know, Barack Obama's not all that well known for telling the truth. Well, beyond which Jack Cashel exposed that using the language that he, in Obama's book, that he believed that, in fact, Bill Ayers wrote that book for Barack Obama. And so beyond launching his uh, presidential campaign from Bill Ayers, Weatherman, who was wanted at one point with his wife, Bernadine Dorn, um, a.k.a. Bernadine Ornstein, um, they traveled together, fellow travelers, I, I should say, perfectly appropriate language. Bill Ayers also, as soon as Obama was elected, he was going to kindergartens. Now imagine this bloodthirsty weatherman who had to flee the government, was working with the Venceremos Brigade, training terrorists in Cuba, also working with China. He is ministering to kindergartners. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but this is exactly what former KGB officer and defector Yuri Bezmenov warned America about back in the 1980s. There's videos of him available on YouTube in which he says that they are going to indoctrinate your children and they are going to take over this country. It's going to be a communist revolution. And it seems like that's what we're looking at, because as they burn down cities and the mainstream media says, uh, you know, this is a peaceful protest. You're not seeing peaceful protests. You're seeing cities burning. You're seeing the United States destroyed. You're watching um, the destruction of our our cities. And this happened before under Bill Ayers and the weathermen. It happened in Chicago. It finally stopped when Richard uh, Daly, Mayor Richard Daly, who was a very good friend of Bill Ayers' father, Tom Ayers, uh, said if they continued, shoot to kill. His order was shoot to kill if this continues, because you weren't going to destroy the United States or Chicago um, with these uh, communist revolutionaries, the weathermen. So that is who Bill Ayers is to some degree. There's much more to him, which we're going to be continuing tonight. But it's also important that you should understand our, our fellow Americans and the audience tonight. You should also understand that Anita Dunn, who told that her favorite philosopher was Mao, whose husband is at Perkins Coie, who also was running the Obama White House as the attorney, uh, Obama's attorney there. This is a woman who, under the Obama administration, on um, the Obama White House Christmas tree had ornaments, Christmas ornaments of Mao. You know, the guy who killed 100 million of his own people and took over China and, and took it to a communist country, the very China that Joe Biden and the documents are now coming out showing that Joe Biden, his, his uh, deals, the, the limited partnerships, 
and the monies that uh, Jim Jordan and the Congress are speaking about, that they now have the documentation showing of the monies going into the Biden family through various LLCs coming from foreign countries, including China, including the billion plus that we know about that went to Hunter Biden, who actually Hunter Biden's laptop was the truth of the matter that the the uh, intel experts all lied about going into the election. Spies that lie, spies that lie a whole bunch. And where are the consequences for uh, affecting a U.S. election by lying about the true data? Now, we also had more information on that, Alan, and that goes to Matt Taibbi and Elon Musk. Why is that important? Well, because Matt Taibbi went in and received data from Elon Musk. Why was that important, particularly to us? Well, because we exposed that the Obama administration was using hammer and scorecard for the purposes of blackmail and leverage. We had written pieces about that. But interestingly, those pieces were being censored. They were not getting out to the American people. They were being censored by James Baker. James Baker had been the FBI's general counsel. James Baker had given out immunity agreements, immunity agreements about Hammer and Scorecard to the CIA whistleblower, Dennis Montgomery. He then proceeded to Twitter, where he had a team of at least 80 FBI and CIA working with him, and they were censoring people's work. And they were making sure that it was not getting to the American people. Now, in a world of the United States, a free country where you have a free press and you have the rights to free speech, he's making sure that information does not get to the American people via censorship. What was he doing? He was censoring people's data that would matter going into that election, including our work on Hammer and Scorecard. When Elon Musk found that FBI general counsel James Baker was destroying evidence. He went into Twitter and he fired James Baker. Correct, Alan? And what was the piece that he was censoring that then came out on Christmas Eve? So he was censoring an article that was published, I believe, on October 31st, 2020, at the American Report, which was basically raising the alarm about Hammer and Scorecard and that Biden was going to try to steal another election the way he did with Obama in previous elections. And where did they say previous elections had been stolen and who had worked in concert with Barack Obama? Well, that would be James Clapper and John Brennan. And so as they had illegally commandeered this super surveillance system, that was only to be used uh, for foreign surveillance. It was put in place after 9-11 to keep this country safe and to protect our troops in the battlefield, but to protect us from more terrorists coming in as they did on 9-11 and taking down the Twin Towers. They instead took that, that foreign surveillance tool. And Alan, tell our audience about uh, Naveed Kasharif Nia, the man that the New York Times refers to as the smartest man in any room. Sure. So he's an expert on intelligence. He's worked with a lot of organizations and agencies in the U.S. intelligence community. And he actually signed an affidavit in which 
he actually talked about hammer and it was very damning to the uh, narrative that hammer doesn't exist because this guy has a lot of credentials and a lot of history in the new york times like you said said he was the smartest man in the room and he had worked with all the intelligence agencies and came out and said that he, in fact, had worked with this and that he agreed with everything that had come out from our papers and that General Thomas McInerney, General Thomas McInerney, three-star general, Air Force general, had flown 440 missions for this country and had been in charge of Northern Command and our nuclear weapons and had come with Admiral James A. Ace Lyons to talk about Hammer and Scorecard on the terrestrial airwaves. Now, this is a lot of information, our fellow Americans, our listeners who are listening to this, but this is important data for you to understand. So understand that you can also go to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can listen on our media player and any web browser. And we also have best-in-class apps available at Android, Apple, Alexa. So you'll be able to go back and listen to the podcast. This is a lot of download of important information. And we will be back with you. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula, with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. And with me, your host, Mary Fanning, is my guest, investigative journalist, Alan Jones. We are talking about clues. These were clues that we unlocked. Barack Obama's ID mystery. It goes back to a Sabood cult, Soviet spy files, and a dead body. We spoke to Loretta Fuddy. Loretta Fuddy goes back to Chicago. 
She has her Chicago connections via Sabood. She was a member of Sabood. She was the head of Sabood USA, and she was long connected to Barack Obama. Now, Sabood is an is a cult. It comes out of Indonesia. Barack Obama was raised in this cult. The cult also included other people. Those people included someone um, that also came out of Chicago, and that's Victor Margolin. Victor Margolin shared a teacher's lounge with Bill Ayers for 30 years. He was a Soviet propaganda expert, and he was back and forth between Cuba teaching and, as I said, is a Soviet propaganda expert. He was also a member of Sabud. Sabud was started by Sabu, and he was working with John Gondolin Bennett. John Gondolin Bennett was out of British intelligence. He was kicked out of Sabud when he exposed their secret sacred book, which was Beelzebub's letters to his grandson. Welcome back, Alan Jones. And who is Beelzebub? Beelzebub is another word for Satan. Correct. And so Victor Margolin is a very interesting character. So beyond his connections to Loretta Fuddy, Victor Margolin and the teacher's lounge that he shared with Bill Ayers for over 30 years, Victor Margolin was a member of Sabud, as was his wife, and his connections also to Loretta Fuddy, but also Victor Margolin's father and mother. So his father, Benjamin, and his mother, Olya, some say Olga Margolin, were both Soviet silvermaster spies. Correct, Alan? Yes, they were. And what's interesting is that Loretta Fuddy was the former Sabud USA national chairperson. Uh, her Sabud name was Deliana Fuddy. And then you have Shoshana Margolin, Sylvia Shoshana Margolin. She was also the former Sabud USA national chairperson. So they had both had the top position in this cult in the U.S. And they were Facebook friends. And we actually put them in a meeting together in Portland, Oregon, in the same room. So they obviously knew each other very well. So everywhere that Barack Obama moved, uh, Loretta Fuddy moved too. And the headquarters of Sabud moved there as well. And it was interesting. So Sabud USA moved its headquarters to Washington, D.C. Uh, suburb. But also Sabud had received a land grant in Crestone Community in Colorado at the Manito Foundation. This was founded by the shadowy U.N. official who was the proponent of pushing Agenda 2130, the architect known as Marie Strong. Marie Strong was out of Canada, and he also uh, moved to China, and he died in China. And he also was very well connected to George Soros. George Soros, through Open Society Foundation, he funded uh, Sabud humanitarian efforts in Indonesia. So George Soros is connected also to Sabud, just like Loretta Fuddy, who also her, her uh, Sabud name was Deliana, Deliana. And she was connected to the Margolins, who were connected to the Soviet silver master spies through Benjamin and Olya Margolin. Olya Margolin was working with a 
a spy, a Soviet spy that was out of British intelligence. And they were moving people into the United States, the refugee resettlement program after World War II. That is what Olya Margolin was doing. And this is interesting because she's working with Kim Philby, who then was later found to be a Soviet agent who had infiltrated the British intelligence. Benjamin Margolin, Victor Margolin's father, was also a Soviet silver master spy. He was caught on a phone speaking to Robert Talbot Miller, who told him, don't forget who you're to, to uh, who may be listening. Don't forget we're on this phone. Be very careful, Benjamin Margolin. So uh, the Margolins, again, are connected to um, the parentage of Victor. They're connected to Bill Ayers, and they're connected to Sabud, and they're connected to the Soviet silver master spies. And this is exactly what we were warned uh, of, of and who these people were. Now, they become important uh, because not only is Margolin connected to Bill Ayers, and and has the same uh, leftist communist leanings, but he's working with Cuba, and he's working with, like Bill Ayers was working with Cuba. He was part of the Venceremos Brigade, brigade, and they were talking about their new designs for capitalism, their new con- designs that would uh, challenge the 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 uh, notion of nation states. You know, we'll have a new world order, no nation states. We'll take everyone down, and so. This was important, um, and, and in fact, it was interesting. Bill Ayers in a video uh, says, I get up every morning and I think, today I'm going to end capitalism. And so when you're looking to end capitalism, you're looking to end freedom. You're looking for a totalitarian uh, control mechanism where the people have no rights, even to uh, to earn their own living. So. And Victor Margolin, um, he was suggesting ways in which uh, Bill Ayers, whether underground, and his students for SDS, Students for Democratic Society, could employ these graphic design elements to better deliver their communist revolutionary messages. You know, this is called brainwashing techniques. And um, this was addressed by several people, particularly those who defected from the Soviet Union and brought that information forward. Now, uh, some of the people that were working with Victor Margolin were Chicago graphic designer, Saul Sender. He was the lead designer, the lead designer of Barack Obama's 2008 campaign logo. Now, Saul Sender was also a member of Sabud. And his father, Ramon Sender, he was living on the uh, Northern California commune called Morning Star Ranch. And that was, he was living in Sonoma County with two members of the Indonesian Sabud cult. That goes all the way back to 1966. So Margolin had direct connections to Felix Beltran. Beltran is a graphic designer for the Cuban revolution, the communist revolution that took over Cuba. So understanding who the Margolins are, their connection, Victor Margolin, to Loretta Fuddy, to Bill Ayers, to his late parents, the Soviet silver master spies, connected to 
those who stole our nuclear secrets, correct, Alan? Yes. So this is where it gets really interesting because you have Loretta Fuddy with connections through Cebu to Chicago to the Margolins. Now, Victor Margolin's father, Benjamin Margolin, that you were just discussing, he lived from 1909 approximately to 2005. His, both of his parents were born in Russia. Uh, he worked at the Office of Coordinator of Inter-American Affairs. Olya um, was born in Lithuania. Now, their connection, who you just mentioned, they were caught on this phone call with, was Robert Talbot Miller. He was a member of the Golos Soviet spy ring. Uh, Robert Talbot Miller's codename was Mirage. He was also at Office of Inter Office of the Coordinator of Inter-American Affairs. Now, Jacob Golos, born in Ukraine, emigrated from U from Lithuania. He was a Bolshevik revolutionary, USSR secret police operative in the U.S. He had a connection uh, to the NKVD station chief in New York City. Um, so the NKVD was the Soviet secret police. So this is going. We've gone from Barack Obama to Loretta Fuddy at the Hawaii Department of Health to the Margolins through the to all the way to the Golos ring to the NKVD and the Bolshevik revolutionaries who overthrew Russia. This is who Barack Obama connects to. These are this is the swamp that he swims in. But interestingly, Golos was connected to Soviet spy Elizabeth Bentley. Now Bentley feared that the Soviets were going to assassinate her, and she became Elizabeth Bentley did an FBI informant. And she began exposing those who um, were working with Benjamin Margolin, including Robert Talbot Miller. So uh, Bentley had been a handler and a courier for the Soviet silver master spy ring. And she provided the FBI with the names of more than 80 Americans, including Robert Talbot Miller, who was caught on the phone with Benjamin Margolin. And she exposed these Soviet spy rings, um, as, as uh, the FBI file said, because she feared that the, so the, the uh, Soviets were going to assassinate her. So she exposed these folks and she brought this forward. Now, some of this came out, and I, I think that it's uh, those who have not read uh, the Venona papers and understand that much of this was not known until they, they broke the Venona Code, which did not happen until the 1990s. The 1990s, they had no idea of this incredible Soviet spy ring inside the United States until the Venona Code was broken, as I said, in the 1990s. And so, you know, that goes back to, you know, everything that, that you've been told about um, the Marine uh, McCarthy was in fact a lie. Uh, he was getting information uh, exposing the Soviet spy ring in, inside the country, but none of that could be completely uh, verified until they broke the Venona code. And interestingly, those that were breaking the code, uh, it's important to understand, or at least it's interesting to understand that it was a group of mathematician women that were breaking that code. Yeah, amazing, amazing story. This stuff is so fascinating, and it makes you understand why Joe Biden and Barack Obama were so close to the Chinese communists, because it was the Bolshevik revolutionaries who then created, in 1949, the Chinese revolution that brought in Mao. And so they've already taken down Russia. They've already taken down China. 
the next target was the United States. And they've been at work at that for a long time. And that's why they had all these Soviet operatives here in the U.S. And they track right into the Obama White House. Right into the Obama White House, right to Anita Dunn, her favorite philosopher, Mao, who killed 100 million of his own people. But it goes to Bill Ayers and it goes to Bill Ayers' father, Tom Ayers. And who was um, Bill Ayers? Uh, who were Bill Ayers and his wife, Bernadine Dorn, Bernadine Ornstein, the, these weathermen, revolutionaries, were working and very tightly connected to Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett was working with Bill Ayers. Her grandmother, father, and uh, grandfather were working with Bill Ayers' father, Tom Ayers. And uh, interestingly, Bernadine Dorn, she was at the law firm where... Uh, Michelle Obama was. And Bernadine Dorn Ornstein was Michelle Obama's mentor. And th that was at Sidley in Austin. Now, at Sidley, um, Bernadine Dorn, as I said, was Michelle Obama's mentor. And they were closely together at Sidley in Austin. But also, you had Barack Obama working very closely with uh, a very close friend of Valerie Jarrett's from her time in law school. And that was at the minor uh, law firm. And that's where, where Barack Obama went to work as he got out of law school. And Barack Obama uh, and his mentor, Frank Marshall Davis, uh, Valerie Jarrett's uh, father-in-law, Vernon Jordan, Vernon Jarrett, excuse me, was Frank Marshall Davis, they were co-writers at the Chicago Defender and both members of the CPUSA, the Chicago uh, Communist Party USA. So yeah, let me absolutely. Step, yeah, well, let, let me step back on. So we're, we're looking at the FBI and Valerie Jarrett's father was in communication with a Soviet agent who was charged with espionage and he fled the United States. So that's Valerie Jarrett's father. And and her father was in touch with Alfred Stern. Alfred Stern was a communist Soviet spy. And when he was outed, uh, he, he fled this country. He fled to Prague and then to Cuba. And this, this was a man that was working with Valerie Jarrett's father. That's very important to understand. And who was Alfred Stern and who was his wife, Madeline Dodd? They were both Soviet spies. Yes. And the uh, ring that Jacob Golos was connected to was a bigger ring, the Silvermaster ring, which was run by Nathan Gregory Silvermaster. Uh, and he was also born in Ukraine. He was a communist spy master. Uh, he got a bachelor's degree from the University of Washington in Seattle. That's an interesting connection to Seattle. And he was got into the U.S. government at the USDA and the Treasury Department and the U.S. War Production Board. And so McCarthy was going after all these people and the House on Un-American Activities on the House side was going after these people. And you have this connection from all these Silvermaster spies, from Silvermaster to Golos to Robert Talbot Miller, and then you've got uh, Alfred Stern connected to Valerie Jarrett, and these are the people McCarthy was trying to take down. But so unfortunately, this um, to, yeah, this goes to Valerie Jarrett's grandfather, Robert Taylor, 
He was working with Soviet spy Alfred Stern. They were business partners in low-income housing. Valerie Jarrett carried on the family business. She began, um, she earned the moniker of Slumlord after she ensnared several Chicago public-private low-income housing scandals. And she was working with uh, Tony Resco. Tony Resco was working with a man out of uh, the Middle East, out of Iraq, who was Saddam Hussein's partner. But we will continue with that after this commercial interruption. Um, Alan, when we come back from this commercial, we will talk about Valerie Jarrett, her grandfather, her father, uh, his partners, their connections to Saddam Hussein, and her mother, and her connections to other communists. After this commercial interruption, we will be back with the National Security Hour. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's Chief Medical Board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom from our uh, military and intel experts. Tonight, I'm your host, Mary Fanning, and with me is investigative journalist, Alan Jones. Welcome back, Alan, for our third and final segment tonight. Um, please continue with what we're talking about with uh, Valerie Jarrett. 
her family's connections to the Communist Party USA. Now, interestingly, if you're going to the Soviet Silvermaster spy ring and those those spies, that is also connected to the Council for a Livable World. That was Julius Hammer and Armand Hammer. They were the Council for a Livable World. That was the organization that first put Joe Biden into office. Now, the Council for a Livable World, as I said, was Soviet spies that ran that operation. They used that operation. They began, uh, they couldn't get the, all the U.S. citizens to be joining the Communist Party USA. So instead, they decided to start infiltrating Congress, and they started with the small states first, that being Delaware. So the Council for a Livable World, Armand and Julius Hammer, their fundraiser, their bag man, as some call him, was none other than Al Gore Sr. And that is the organization that first put Joe Biden into office, a communist organization. And so let's take this back to Valerie Jarrett and her connections and how they connect to Alfred Stern, but also the Soviet uh, Silvermaster spy ring goes to a very important connection, and that is Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Those were the Soviet spies that stole our nuclear secrets and gave them to the Soviets. That became very dangerous because it made the entire world much more dangerous because they were, in fact, the Rosenbergs were executed for stealing our atomic secrets at that time. And Julius and Ethel Rosenberg and their third partner had been in prison for life. When he got out, he confirmed that everything they were prosecuted and put to death for was true. In fact, he he bragged that they did more, correct? Alan Jones. Yes. So the Rosenbergs were able to get secrets from the Manhattan Project, which was the project to build the atomic bomb. And that was one of the main targets of these Soviet spies was to get our nuclear secrets. Even while we were working with the Soviets as an ally during World War II against the Nazis, at the same time, they were spying on us and stealing our nuclear secrets. And so this spy ring that was stealing nuclear secrets connects back through Loretta Fuddy, the one who released Barack Obama's certificate of live birth from Hawaii and then died in a plane crash. Right. And it's important to understand. Supposedly. Supposedly. Um, but it's important to understand that these Soviet spies, these traitors that had, they held high level positions inside the Treasury Department, inside of our military, the State Department, the Commerce, Commerce Department's Office of uh, Coordinated Inter-American Affairs, the OSS, that was a predecessor of the CIA. They were even inside the White House. And some of those were under FDR. And those were uh, some who helped to found the United Nations. And the same you know, group that right now we're looking at gave birth to the WHO and those who are attempting to take U.S. sovereignty and take control of the U.S., the American people via a pandemic where that takes away our rights. And in fact, there were 45 uh, steps to achieve communism that had all been achieved in the United States. And 
that had been read on the floor of Congress in 1963. And the only thing that had not been achieved was the Conley Amendment. And that was to take control of the American people and put them under the control of world courts. And so they seem to have done a round tripping via using the WHO and a pandemic to gain control of the American people. So that's something that should be understood, but it's also on the context of who these Soviet spies are and how they go directly, directly to Valerie Jarrett and Barack Obama. And I think that's important to understand because of that goes to Bill Ayers, again, who told, in fact, he's quoted as saying, the day before 9-11 and the Twin Towers were taken down, that he hadn't done enough. So going back to Bill Ayers and working with the Vencer Amos Brigade, which was a, a group that was training terrorists from the Middle East in Cuba, and and his connection to Barack Obama, again, where Barack Obama announced his presidential run from Bill Ayers' living room. So it's not just a guy in your neighborhood when you're announcing your run for the presidency from his living room. And also his wife, who was the mentor at Sidley and Austin Law Firm to Michelle Obama, but also his longtime connections to Valerie Jarrett's family. And not just her mother, but her father and her grandfather and her father-in-law. Her father-in-law, as I said, had worked at Chicago Defender, co-writing articles with Frank Marshall Davis, Barack Obama's mentor. And so, Alan, tell us, Tom Ayers, and he was working out of the Erickson Institute, where you would also find Barbara Bowman, who is Valerie Jarrett's mother. Yeah, so the Erickson Institute uh, was focused on early childhood education, AKA communist indoctrination of the youth, the same thing that Bezmanov warned us of. And so you have that connection through Valerie Jarrett's family to that early childhood education, which is the same field that Bill Ayers was in. And as you're talking about that, again, I can only encourage our audience to go look up Yuri Bezmanov, go understand what Yuri Bezmanov you know, he was not only a KGB defector, he was a communist propaganda expert. He came as a defector to the United States to warn us of the communist plans to take down America. And so what he and also what Christopher Story, who worked with Yuri Bezmenov, who multiple times interviewed him, and if you can find those interviews on YouTube, you will learn so much about what this propaganda expert predicted, he told what Barack Obama's game plan was almost 30 years ago. This is playing out before us right now, and it will continue to take away our country and our freedom unless the American people understand what has become abundantly clear. You're watching the Gramsci plan to def- divide Americans, a divided house falls, and to also Uh, divide the country via race. So uh, now we're going to award race rather than merit. You cannot do that because you will destroy your country and you will destroy 
the means of having an economy that works for the country. Well, a couple other interesting points here was that this Indonesian cult, Sabud, which was very small, very small cult, I've seen one figure says about 10,000 members, they had a lot of connections to the United Nations, which is interesting. And then also interesting is that when you see this connection between Obama going to Loretta Fuddy, then going to the Silvermaster Soviet spy ring and the Rosenbergs, and then you put that together with what this Romanian defector Pachipa said, who was the highest level Eastern Bloc spy to defect to the U.S. He had worked with the KGB and he said, and this is a quote, he said, to a knowledgeable eye, Obama's actions suggest he might have had some intelligence connection with the Kremlin, such as Whitaker Chambers once had. And he was referring to the time that Obama was on a hot microphone with Medvedev saying, you know, I'm going to have more flexibility after my next election. Now, interestingly, um, so here's this Romanian defector who began working with our intelligence, letting them know what was coming our way. And General Pachepa, um, as uh, Alan just stated, said, I should know. And he believed that Obama was a KGB asset. And interestingly, General Pachepa had written many, many pieces. And of all of the pieces that he wrote, they scrubbed this one piece on he should know. And it just so happens that we had saved that piece in full. And that is at theamericanreport.org. So you can look at what a, a, uh, a man who came and exposed uh, that Tetescu was in fact working for the Soviets in Romania answering to the KGB, he came forward and exposed all of that. That was a very brave man, General Pachepa. And he wrote incredible books on the drug trafficking across the globe and how that was being used, but also how the KGB had infiltrated and was running the tops of many of these, uh, the very top levels of many of these governments, including Romania. And so you can find that at theamericanreport.org. In fact, much of the information that we're talking about tonight in our book, um, The Hammer is the Key to the Coup, you can find that at Amazon. And that information is important. And I'll tell you why th that book is titled The Hammer is the Key to the Coup. Because when we came forward with that information, Admiral Ace Lyons, four-star admiral, had brought the, our article to General Thomas McInerney, Admiral Lyons, four-star admiral, charge of the Pacific Command, brought it to three-star general Thomas McInerney, who read it over the airwaves because it had everything to do with the Russia collusion operation. And as Admiral Lyons lay on his deathbed, he reached over to General Thomas McInerney and he put his hand on him and he said, Tom, the hammer is the key to the coup. The hammer, this super surveillance system, was commandeered by Brennan and Clapper and Obama with Valerie Jarrett working out of the White House, where they had a VPN into the Obama White House, giving them the illegal abilities to spy on everyone. But this goes to a very long line of communist spy rings and the connections between what was taking place at the Erickson Institute with Valerie Jarrett's mother, Barbara Bowman, 
There are connections to Alfred Stern, Soviet spy that fled the country. Madeline Dodd, Soviet spy that fled the country. Uh, Valerie Jarrett's father, Dr. Bowman, who then moved to Iran, where she was born. To Bill Ayers, who told that he hadn't done enough and that he hoped to destroy capitalism, that he was a weatherman, that his wife was a weatherman, that they, in fact, adopted the salute, the time salute, that is the, that is the four-finger salute that looks like a fork. And the reason that they did that was because of the death of Sharon Tate when they, they murdered her and stuck a fork through her belly into her very pregnant belly and killed her child. And so if you just know those facts, you have to understand that these unprecedented connections and associations of President Obama to Soviet agents, to terrorists, to the Marxist Muslim Brotherhood, and to the anti-American pro-Marxist globalist movement that's here to destroy the United States. And his decision to scrap the Poland's missile defense as he sat there with the uh, Medvedev, the president, when he got caught on that hot mic, the inexplicable secret Iran deal that was, you know, there's not enough evidence of his communist anti-American connections. You think there's not enough evidence? Then look no further than Barack Obama's own words to President Medvedev promising greater flexibility after his next election. But Obama made it abundantly clear through his actions that he is the enemy from a long line of enemies. He is here to transform and destroy the United States, her allies, her position in the world. Joe Biden is far along that road. The United States is being crippled with debt, overloaded with refugees, stripped of her power. Barack Obama and Joe Biden have feverishly rebuilt the axis of evil by using the United States as its handmaiden. President Obama's transformation of America is our destruction. And you should know that on his last day in office, he flew to Chicago. And what were his words? I can't believe we pulled it off. Some of you here tonight or watching at home, you were there with us in 2004, in 2008, 2012. Maybe you still can't believe we pulled this whole thing off. Let me tell you, you're not the only ones. Alan, how chilling was that when you saw that tape? It was chilling knowing this background and his connections to these Soviet spies that go back to the Bolshevik Revolution, because what they're pulling off is a Bolshevik Revolution right here in the United States. And once you know these connections he has to the Soviets who were working for Joseph Stalin, it makes perfect sense that he would appoint a CIA director, John Brennan, who voted for a Stalinist, Gus Hall, in the 1976 presidential election. And it makes perfect sense that he would have an FBI director, James Comey, who said, uh, I used to be a communist. I don't know what I am now. Why would he appoint anybody other than communists for his intelligence agencies? He wouldn't. And that's why you have Joe Biden out of Council for a Livable World, Barack Obama and his connections to the Soviet silver master spy ring, to Margolins, 
to Valerie Jarrett, to her father, her mother, her grandfather, to Saddam Hussein, to Tony Resco. Uh, who was Tony Resco working with? How many people understand? He was working that? with Nad Miachi. Nad Miachi. Who was Nad Miachi? He was Saddam Hussein's partner. Understand our fellow Americans. Nad Miachi was Saddam Hussein's partner. Where does this take you, Ellen? Well, it's going to take us to our next story that we'll be bringing to our fellow Americans. And that is the perfect storm and Gulf Tainer. So you need to understand that you can go and you will be able to hear the podcast to re-listen to our stories. It's important that you understand them. But to our audience, I want to thank you. Thank you for joining us on this mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.